Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Balls and Brews. Ooh, I love it. Greatest sound in the world. That's right. Wow. I mean, it's up there. It's Yeah, I mean, there's some other good, really good sounds, but... Yeah, yeah. we're we going to talk about those sounds, though, because I don't, I don't know if that's appropriate for our, our podcast. Anything's appropriate for our podcast, <laughs> let's be honest. That's right, because fuck them, as Boss would say. As, as <laughs> Boss would say, fuck them. I'm Troy, this is Jay. Um, we're coming we to you with another episode. We're going to do names. Well, we're doing names. Okay, well, fine. Let's roll the names then. I gotta, you know, it'll keep me focused. Okay, understood. My bad. We we've both had. I don't want to throw your chi off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've both had quite a few brews today. Uh, both feeling pretty good. Cheers. Um, got a lot on the docket though for today. Um, we're gonna get into all of that. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the um, Aaron Hernandez docu series that's came out. A little bit about what Antonio Brown's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That man. Anyways, um, <laughs> get into a little bit of NFL free agency and the draft coming up. Just touch on it a little bit, but let's start with the championship Sunday games that just came by. Um, I think that's a good place to start. Let's talk about the 49ers and Packers game. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to let you kick this off because, to be honest with you, the first half I took a nap. <laughs> let me tell you how the whole thing really went. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo literally turned around and handed the ball off the whole entire thing, uh, the whole entire game. I mean, um, but I mean, when you're, when you're, when it's working, you, you know, if it's ain't broke, don't fix it because they were literally gashed them 15, 20 yards of carry. Uh, I seen one stat where the running back had 182 yards before his first thing, uh, for his first contact. Jeez. People are saying Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager. He can't blah, 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 blah. But at the end no, of the day, I, I mean, think that's disrespectful to Jimmy, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Okay. No, I mean, we've seen the man make some high level throws. Mm-hmm. He just, if you don't have to, why do it? I mean, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, I don't got to take no damage. Don't have to worry about getting sacked, possibly hit. Mm-hmm. And all I got to do is hand this ball off to you, and you got Emmanuel Sanders leading the way with blocks. You got Debo Sanders leading the way. You got was it Joe Staley? Mm-hmm. I mean, the man's been there forever. Yeah. All right. George Kittle, probably the best, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Agreed. Maybe, in my opinion, the best tight end in the league. Okay, we'll get to that later. Um, but it was it was an outstanding game. I mean, the the 49ers came in, hit him right in the mouth, real quick. Uh, I don't think Green Bay knew what was going on. And, uh, I mean, ultimately just took over the game. I mean, there's really honestly not much to talk about but how dominant that defense is for the 49ers, uh, the rotations that they go yeah. through. Um, well, and that, that reflects back because, you know, my, my mentality with, with the picks last week, me taking the Packers was more, um, hey, these are two really great defenses. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the better quarterback in this situation. I'm going to pick the Packers because they have Aaron Rodgers. Not that I don't believe in Jimmy G, but I just think that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback of the two, without a doubt. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, egg in the face, backfired on me. Um, it is. But as Mike Tyson said, everybody has to plan till they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> His toughest opponent yet, the C. <laughs> the, the S. The Come S. on. The S. Was that a really good Mike Tyson impression? Because I felt like it was strong. I mean, it was pretty strong. It was strong? It okay. was strong. It wasn't strong, but it was strong. It was strong. I, I get it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so let's go to the uh, – I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about in that game as far as the dominant defense is uh, – I mean, Can we talk about George Kittle a little bit? I want to talk about George Kittle after the next one we do. Just because I like the debate that we always have with oh, this, man, it's it's a heavy debate. It is, but I mean, you're wrong. It's fine. Uh, oh, <laughs> on to the Kansas City Chiefs Titans game. This oh. is another one that you chose wrong. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm three and ten, by the way, for those that are <laughs> keeping record at home in my playoff predictions this year. It's not going well for me, um, which is going to kind of feed into my pick a little bit at the end of the episode for the Super Bowl. But well, let's recap that game. 
Um, Derrick Henry, the horse that he is, seven yards in the second half. Yeah, I don't uh, – I think that they got down, got scared, and decided they need to start throwing the ball. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, why would you go away from what's worked the entire time? I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the grants, but I don't – I'm not a fan of it, obviously. I don't – but looking back, in the situation, I'll probably do the same thing. I'll probably do the exact same thing that Brable was doing. Hey, Tannehill's played well for us when we've had to throw the ball. We've moved the ball well. Yeah, but is it a testament to the Chiefs' defense that we're out there smacking them in the mouth? Like – you think about their defense, like they were literally tackling him a lot better than you've seen the Patriots tackle him, the Ravens tackle him. Yep. I mean, they went out there and they did work. Now, I will give them that. They played well. That that front seven played extremely, extremely well. And Chandler Jones had himself a hell of a game. You love Chandler Jones. I do love Chandler Jones. He's just consistent, man. Yeah, he's a consistent. Like we talked about yet last week. Mm-hmm. You give me uh, what a bunch of Frank Clarks. Mm-hmm. I'll take five Frank Clarks over one Aaron Donald all day because you won't give me consistency, and that's what I need. Yeah, and Frank Clark didn't have too big of a game this week, but I mean his presence. He, he talked a lot of smack before the game. I love it, man. Shit talk is way to go. Mm-hmm. And then he talked a lot of shit after the game. <laughs> if you ain't confident, why be out there? You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, I mean, and he went out there and backed it up. I can't. I'm not going to doubt that. But um, I, this was definitely the Channel Jones game. I agree. Chandler Jones, he's a stud. I think uh, the Honey Badger, he's next level. Love him. I, he just goes out there, man. I've watched him. Boy, he had the hit stick working this yeah. past week. It's because he don't care. He just jumps out there, man. Mm-hmm. When they say the Honey Badger don't give a fuck. He really don't give a fuck. <laughs> he really don't give a uh, fuck. He don't care a bit. No. But uh, I think that they got up early. I think the Tennessee got up early, and then here comes Patrick Mahon, his glorious ass, just coming on back, doing what he does, throwing the ball all over the field. Um, Side-arming it. Side-arming They was even running the ball, too. That was, I mean, something we never seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I think they literally went out and surprised the Titans. I think the Titans thought that they were just going to run all over them. Obviously, that's not what happened. And then the Chiefs took a little bit out of their book and started running a little bit with Pat Mahomes. I think he had like a 50-yard touch, uh, 50-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, it was like um, right there before the end of the half, it was a 26-yard rush, but it was one of the – one of the best 26-yard scrambles. No, the one where he seen. scored a touchdown. You yeah. Remember? Well, you remember that? That, that non-look, whatever mm-hmm. the hell he did. And then I mean, ran up the sideline. It was, it was about 26, 36 yards. It wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My yardage wasn't correct. Okay. Hey, I mean, I, I applaud you for at least pointing that play out because it was a hell of a scramble. Yeah, man. That's Sammy Watkins deep bomb. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, Pat Mahomes is a stud. Yeah, he is. I don't know how he does. Best throw he made all game was that that throw that he made to Tyree Kill in the in the slot for the touchdown. Oh god. Where he kind of just side armed it around the the defensive lineman's arm and the dude is crazy, man. Tyree Kill was blanketed. He was one on one, but he was blanketed, and he just put it in a spot where it was perfect for him. Let's go through a, t- a couple conversations like here. This is some stuff that I love that I've been really wanting to implement into the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Best tight end in the league right now. I think we got the two best tight ends. You got one A, one B going into the Super Bowl. Who do you think it is? George Kittle. George Kittle because his overall game or yeah, because it's a combination of everything. Uh, you think about put okay. Here's the best way I'm going to frame this. What if they swap teams? What if you put Travis Kelsey, who's one B in this situation, on the 49ers and put George Kittle on that Kansas City offense with Pat Mahomes? George Kittle will flourish. But I think George Kittle, George Kittle will flourish at the Kansas City Chiefs because of Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. I mean, you got, you know, you got top tier both both spots. Right. Agreed. 
But so is that a testament to what Travis Kelsey's done? I'm not done, done yet. Oh, oh. Hold on now. But if you put Travis Kelsey on that 49ers team and you, like, Greg Kittle's been there for three years. Mm-hmm. Greg Kittle showed George out. Kittle. George Kittle, sorry. George Kittle showed out last year. Okay. And he showed out this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get it. So he's consistent. I love him. I love his style. I love his game of play. I love the way he blocks. I love everything about him. Mm-hmm. But I think if you was put Travis Kelsey in there and gave him three years, I think he would learn how to pass block a lot better, run block a lot better, and he'd still catch the balls that he does now. Nobody has done in the last four years what Travis, Kelsey what Travis Kelsey's done. I get no it. tight end, no anything Gonzalez, no Antonio Gates, none of those people. I get it. He's Travis Kelsey's special. Don't get me wrong, but I still think that George Kittle is the better all around player because I, he's he's ultimately. But night and day better as a run block. But you bring that back up, but Kansas City's not a running team. They're not. But that's the point. So if you put George Kittle on that offense and he got he got to catch a lot more passes, think of the numbers that he could put up. I mean he put up hella numbers last year. He didn't put up the same amount. I mean he put up really good numbers this year too. Mm-hmm. I agree, but you got you got the Chiefs are a running team. Or not a running team. They want to pass the ball. They want to go deep. That's just what they do. Yeah. Uh to me, I think it's Honestly, I think it's Travis Kelsey. You got George Kittle. Then I would go uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, yeah. I and mean, that's that's kind of the big three three headed tight end monster in the league right now. And then I think right there, leading off that that second group is going to be you know your your Kyle Rudolphs, um, who just turned into a touchdown machine this year. Um, you know your Will Disley's before he got hurt, he really turned out to be that safety outlet for Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's kind of your your one your, or your your B level tier. Jason Witten wasn't so old. <laughs> Hey, listen, you you know how I feel about my boy Jason. <laughs> I know. He's a legend here in East Tennessee. He's a terrible Monday night football analyst, but he is a hell of a tight end. Oh, great. Agreed. All right, fun fact. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl quarterbacks than the Detroit Lions. That's Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Go ahead and hit him off. Tell him about it. Okay. Well, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you think of some of the great quarterbacks that are in the league right now, the, the Pat Mahomes, the Kyler Murrays, the – James Winston's the uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's. I mean, and baseball is breeding great NFL quarterbacks like it's nothing right now, and I love it because it's a testament to the true athleticism of baseball players. I, I'm a fan. I, I'm a total fan of it. Now, would I like to see some of these guys in the MLB? Absolutely, because I'd love to see what they were able to do on a baseball field. Could you imagine Kyler Murray in center field, flagging down a, a fly ball? I mean, that would be special. I mean, it would be fun. I mean, you could – but, I mean – but, like, why? Like, do they not – do they not take the – do they do, do – do they go to the NFL because of the fact they get money quick? Because, you know, as you, you talk to me and you've, you've basically taught me about baseball. Yeah. You know, you know, teach, teach our listeners, like, like what's going on with that? Like, yeah, how does well, that work? I think the dynamic is, you know – Basically, football is a, a, not a total guarantee, but if you're a first-round draft pick in baseball and you're a first-round draft pick in football, in baseball you're going to get a five-mil signing bonus. You're going to go to high ball, make about forty grand a year, and have to work your way up through the minor league system. And then you're not, you're not even eligible. By the time you make it to the pros, let's say you make it in two years to the pros, you have to have three years of MLB service time before you're even eligible for arbitration. You're making the MLB minimum for three years, which is about four hundred, just over four hundred thousand dollars. And then once you go to arbitration, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get paid. And then you got three years of arbitration before you're even eligible for free agency before you can start making big money. Jesus. So, I mean, you've got about eight years of your life that you've got to work up through that system. 
to make the Mike Trout $425 million contract, the Clayton Kershaw $300 million contract, the Manny Machado $325 contract. Jesus. So, so we talked about that too. Like, do they get signing bonuses like the NFL does? Like, cause you, you'll see like, you'll see like, um, teams that'll pay a guy, you know, $40 million over the course of, you know, so many years, but he'll have like a twelve million dollars signing bonus. Like, is that something MLB gives? Or yeah, I mean, the Major League Baseball does give signing bonuses. They're just not as important to the deal because it, there's so much money in baseball. It's no secret. Everybody knows it. The revenue is is insane for what these teams pull in. Not necessarily the league itself, but for the individual teams. That's the way its baseball system is set up. So they can pay these guys big money like that. And the numbers are so eye popping on these big contracts that you don't pay attention to. The, the signing bonuses. Bryce Harper signed a $330 million deal, right? Over 12 years. Uh, he probably got, I guarantee he got a signing bonus in there. Could I tell you what it is? Hell no. Kind of curious what it would be. I mean, if you're going to pay me that much money over the course of like the years, I'm curious, like, you give me 50 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> Take me out to a steak dinner, maybe? Yeah. Well, and, and most of those baseball contracts, barring injury, are pretty much 100% guaranteed. That's crazy. And, and I like the fact that you've been really teaching me and coaching me on the fact that it's not about payroll baseball. It's about payroll baseball and not salary cap. Right. The so, MLB doesn't have a salary cap. Because that's why you see the the New York Yankees and the the Dodger, yeah, the LA Dodgers and those big market teams have a big – like have always be good because they have that payroll to pay out to people. Right. They're making a lot more revenue because they've got more fans showing up to the stadium because it's a bigger city. They've got bigger TV deals. Uh, they're bringing in a lot more money so they can afford to pay, pay these players a lot more money. Um, and then, you know, some people hate it because of competitive balance. But me personally, I love it. Right. I mean, pay these guys whatever they're worth. I agree. I mean, you, I'm always down for somebody. If you you got a special talent like that, paying for what it's worth. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are the, the handful of people in this world that can hit a 96-minute-hour fastball or throw a ball 75 yards down the field to a wide-open wide receiver or a double-coverage wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm all about paying them what they're worth for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, you know, Mike Trout, it's funny. When Mike Trout got his $425 million contract, mm-hmm. the general consensus when he got that deal was, I mean, that was record-breaking by far. Right. And everybody said that's still not enough. <laughs> like, he's one of the all-time best players to ever play the game. Four hundred twenty-five million doesn't justify that. Shout out to Zach. Zach, you know, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his favorite player, and he's been saying that for the last five or six years. So I'll give him that. Hey, tr- I got a real good question for you, though. All right, how many sponsors do we have now? Mm, I think it's um, it's none, people. Mm. I need a sponsor. I need a beer sponsor or something. Okay. I'm a little aggressive right there. Sorry, I've been drinking a lot today. Jay, you, you scared the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Well. so you hit on a name earlier i really like this uh this is another conversation we had a couple days ago what do you think about Jameis winston and asking for top tier 40 million dollars a year i mean Mm. hell no maybe hell no not 40 mil Um, here's the thing if i'm the if i'm the bucks i'm saying all right Jameis, here's what we're gonna offer you we're gonna offer you about 20 to 23 million a year Come and be the starting quarterback for us where you get to play every day. You are more than welcome to go and talk to other teams and let us know what they offer because if we can match it, we will. If not, sign on. If someone offers you $28, $29, $30 million a year to go be the quarterback for them, have a good one. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Right. So you basically you're saying let him test the market. Mm-hmm. 
If we feel comfortable matching what he's offered, mm -hmm. let's bring him home. Mm -hmm. If it's some astronomical number and the Dolphins decide to be the Dolphins or the Browns decide to be the Browns and offer him one of those max contracts, 30, 35 million dollars, yeah, yeah. Then let him ride. I mean, it is what it is. Because, I mean, to me right now, you're asking for that money, but there's not a lot of people out there right now that actually need a quarterback. There's not. And on top of that, think of some of the quarterbacks that are in the league right now that are doing great things that aren't making that kind of money that other teams are going to be more willing to pay than Jameis Winston. Agreed. I mean, he likes to turn the ball over a lot. A lot. <laughs> he likes to throw a lot of interceptions. Like a ridiculous amount. You think he needs to get his eyes checked maybe? He's like – Maybe Bruce is like, why are you throwing the ball to the green team when we've been red all year? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's it could be a plausible cause for concern. I mean, uh, we all know – well, never was mind. It, I'm not going to get into that. What was it? What, no, that quarterback that was played for the Dolphins in the 70s, was it Bob Greasy or something like that? Mm -hmm. He played all those years and then realized that he had some problem with his eyes and came back with three times better? Yeah. I mean, hell, maybe that might be the issue. Like, yep. Bro, you need to go get your eyes checked before we say. <laughs> James Winston, uh, you just listen to us, all right? Yeah. We yeah. know what we're talking about. Exactly. Here. All right. <laughs> so this was this conversation is something again I've been super excited about all day. Like we we literally talked about this. Like that Aaron Hernandez and the oh, yeah. and the CTE, all that stuff. Like cause you, you hit right at home. Cause as long as I've known you, mm -hmm. you've literally hit on this for what the last three or four years? Yep. Like you, you're all about it. Like you think there is a problem. There is a problem. There is a huge problem in football with CTE. And um, you know, one of my coworkers actually said it really, really well. Um, he he mentioned every football player has CTE. There's just certain levels to it, which I don't I don't know the science behind it that well. But just for him to say that as a former football player, whose whose kids are, you know, um, huge football players here in in, in Knoxville. As a father, I couldn't imagine putting my kid through that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, to know that this game that you love and you support and you love watching and you, you train for and you battle is doing permanent damage to your body for the rest of your life. And I'm as guilty as anybody of flipping the TV on on Sunday and watching gladiators go to go to war and kill each other in the, in the Coliseum every Sunday. I'm as guilty as every other American. I enjoy it, but I know that the long-term damage, I think it goes back to what we talked about last week with Luke Keekley. I think that's one of the reasons that he said he was going to step away from the game. Well, one person's really uh, – the reason the, – the only time I've ever heard about it was when you talked about – was it the center for the Steelers? Was yeah. It Mike Webster? Mike maybe? Webster, Hall of Famer. You said he did something like he was sitting on the back of his truck, he was sad or something like that. Yeah, I mean, eventually it, it – he – he had issues and lost jobs and, and lost all his money and was living out of his truck. And uh, Mike Webster died in a head-on collision with a um, semi-trailer with carrying gasoline going the opposite way on the interstate. Um, and it was most likely from attempted suicide. Right. R.I.P. Mike Webster. Cheers him up. Yeah. And that, that was the first example of CT that we really saw. If you've ever seen the movie Concussion, they touch on that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I just – CTE hits home to me, and it, it brings into the conversation of Aaron Hernandez. You know, this docuseries, a lot of what, it, you know, they want to say that what was wrong with him was linked back to CTE. And there's a whole episode in there on was the docuseries. Stage three is what they said he had, stage three CTE. But 
to me, like you have a lot of people that come into it. And, I, and like, I like to consider myself a modern day gladiator as well, due to the fact that I have done, you know, amateur cage fighting and amateur boxing. Mm-hmm. I've also played football and stuff like that. But you gotta, you gotta credit to the fact that it's, it's literally the biggest rush of your entire life to get out there and know that there's only, you know, a small amount of people that have the, you know, the mental fortitude to step up against somebody and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't want to. I wouldn't want to see my kids go through that. But if if a kid came to me and like he was, you know, my son or whatever, and he said, "Hey, look, this is what I want to do." I'm on back him 110. percent But mm-hmm. you know, to me, I think a lot of it plays the factor with what Aaron Hernandez was going through mm-hmm. because you know they talked about his life growing up, and a lot of things plays a factor into you know the reason he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Because you got a lot of people that you know probably have that type of level, but they had a good upbringing, you know, a lot of support systems. So I think it's it's one of those things that could trigger something at, at, at any time, and then that's when it leads to you know the, the what happened to him. To yeah, him, you know. Oh, and I, I think you know he got in with the wrong crowd. He was a lot of people want to label Aaron Hernandez as a psychopath. Yeah, and I don't I don't like that label necessarily. Uh, what I think happened, and this is going to hit home really close to me with Aaron Hernandez. I think what happened was, you know, his his homeboy, he killed the first guy that he's clearly guilty of, mm-hmm. found out his deepest darkest secret, or knew about his deepest darkest secret because they were really close. And you know, there's this there's this cloud around Aaron Hernandez about him being, you know, in the closet about him being homosexual and. Um, I think he was being blackmailed. He killed somebody. This, you know, the second and third deaths um, were linked between a weapon and a car. I don't yeah. necessarily know what places him there and what doesn't, you know. But the first one, I definitely think he was guilty of. And I think it was more of a self-defensive, I can't let anybody know this. I can't let this get out. Personally. I mean, I could see that because it, it, there's a lot of conversation, a lot of speculation that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is I've literally forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's. I remember following it like a lot when it was first originally when came happened. out, you know. But I've literally forgot all about it until this docu series come in, and then I'm just like, oh crap! And yeah. then you learn more about it, like his upbringing mm-hmm. and the fact that he went to Florida to get away from the way he grew up, yeah. And he just so happened to get drafted by the Patriots, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy. And I mean, who he went to school with? When you look at it, you know. The the Pouncy brothers and yeah. Percy Harvin and I mean these guys were slinging bricks and and <laughs> banging chicks and all led by a Pastor Tim yeah. Tebow <laughs> I mean, like that team was insane. What was it slinging bricks, stabbing, uh, killing people, and winning the national championship? Well, all led by the Pastor Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. I mean that would be a good docu series to see. That would that 08 team that won a natty under Urban Meyer of all people. Yeah. Uh, that would be insane to see. Which God, that was a good team, man. That was one of the best teams you'll ever see. I don't like to talk about it. Oh, because you're Florida. I know. I, I don't like to talk about it. I wish nothing but ill will towards Florida and all their <laughs> fans. Anyways, that's rude, man. Why would you even go there, bro? Well, not their fans, just the ones that are assholes. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're not even <laughs> you're the SEC, and you know how Florida fans are. Oh, God, dude, not they're terrible. terrible. So uh, last thing on the docket, let's just. Uh, Let's go over the Zion game. I think that Ooh. was, I think that was fun. I mean, it's balls and brews, bro. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like we really hit a lot of football. We hit baseball. We haven't touched basketball yet. Yeah, I like it. Let's, I like it. Let's yeah. touch a little Zion because first half of that game, we were sitting here watching it together, right here where we sit, and he looked 
Not scared, but very tentative. He was. Is that a good word? Reserved. Reserved. Okay. He was reserved. You know, I know he's coming off an injury. He's missed half a year. You he's know, nervous. He, mm-hmm. But once he got into, it took him a half to get into the NBA game speed. And uh-huh. once he did that, seventeen points in three minutes and eight seconds in the fourth quarter. Insane. Didn't miss. Went four from four from three. I mean, he hit. He threw up heat check after heat check. And they just kept going in. I do take it, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was riding with him. To me, he's the second coming LeBron. And I know it's going to hurt your heart. I know it's going to hurt your heart. I know it is. It's hard to say because he's not as big as LeBron. He's not as coveted as LeBron. He's very coveted. Well, he's he's 40 pounds more than LeBron. He just, you know, LeBron's got two inches on him. Yeah. I agree. I think four is not a good spot for him. I think he needs to move it to the three because he shows that he has range. But he's also an aggressive and very athletic individual. Yeah, he is. And, uh, his vision last night was tremendous. I didn't realize, you know, that's never been a big talking point on Zion Williamson's scouting report is his vision and his passing ability. But it was on display last night, man. I mean, when he when you draw three defenders into the paint on mm-hmm. defense and you're able to kick it out to that open guy and you know where he's at at all times, that's a big thing. I mean, LeBron's made an entire NBA career out of that. Yeah, but LeBron can play one through four like it ain't nothing. I mean, just been in the league how long? 16 years now? What if we said the same thing about Zion seven, eight years from now? That's crazy. I don't even want to think about that. 16 years from now, I'm old. I remember watching LeBron in high school, man. Right? He came out hot. But I think Zion's special, man. I'm I'm hoping he does really well. This was an outstanding draft class, man. R.J. Barrett, John Morant's playing like he's a future all-pro. That's your rookie of the year right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is he your rookie of the year due to the fact that Zion was hurt for the first four months? We don't know what Zion could have done. We don't. I mean – he do you think last night was a? I mean, an if example. He played, <laughs> if he played last night like he did all year. It's no question it's not was, but he did. He was hurt, and I think there's too little ground to make up now. I just don't see it happening. But I do like the uh, what he said though when he came out for the bench. He was like, "Coach, let's keep me in. I can win this game for us." Yeah, we well, play to win the game. Yeah, you play to win the <laughs> game. Thank you, Herm. But I think that it's that's the problem with base basketball, though, is due to the fact that there's so many games. Coaches now are doing load management now. I mean, it's not about it's not about getting the first seed like it is in the NFL. It's about just making the playoffs. Well, and I I told you this last night. If it if it was a thirty point game and Zion brought it to within fifteen in that little three minute stretch where he just couldn't miss, mm-hmm. then okay, yeah, go ahead and sit him down. Make sure he doesn't get hurt. They took the lead at one point. It was a two-point game. They did. But like like I said, it's low Go win the game. I mean. Go win the game. Alvin like, Gentry, go win the game. But it's like running a triathlon. I mean, like, if you're going to do it, you're not going to blow your load in the first part of it. You're going to wait till like, the last two or three miles, and that's when you're going to turn it up. And I think that's what a lot of coaches are thinking nowadays is they're like, hey, game one through ten is big. We'll get warmed up, get going. Game, you know. 11 through 59 really don't mean shit as long as we win some of the games. I don't and if it. you go in with a top seed, you're fine. You'll play the, the, the lower seeds, and then basically it's just, you know, you're on route to – Van Gundy said it best. He said, I'm not sitting. I, I'm here to win the, the basketball game. That's that's the point of why we come out here and we play is to win. Okay, well, then explain to me why the Raptors won last year when, you know – They still had the best record – or the second best record in the East did, in the playoffs. They did, but Kawhi Leonard set for, what, 10, 15 games? Just to so afford to. Just so he's warmed up. The That's Pelicans it. can't afford to. That's the difference. They can't I – mean, I mean, I get your logic behind it due to the Zion thing. Yeah, what are they, the 10th seed? 
right now? They're out right now. They're on the outside looking in. Yeah, but I, I like it. I think it's a – I know it's not good for the fans. You said we play to win the game. But I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's. I think it makes the game a little different because you're going to get the best of the best when it comes to the NBA Finals. Hopefully, LeBron doesn't win another one. Uh, <laughs> go LBJ. <laughs> Boo. Well, go Cavs. But my team's ass right now. So go LBJ. <laughs> yeah. Go favorite players. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All righty, guys. Um, so we're going to move into the Super Bowl predictions right here, real quick. We're going to touch on them. Um, and uh, I'm excited. 49ers. I'm 0 and Jeez. four. In my last prediction, so I Super Bowl predictions. Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, I whooped your ass in the whole prediction. Well, I went three and ten or three and seven, so I didn't have a, a great playoff run. But still won. Uh, anyway, back to the conversation here. I'm going to take the Chiefs okay. on this one. Um, I'm hoping that they win because it's been 50 years. I think Chiefs came to deserve one. That's the only thing I have to say. Lock it in. By Perfect. Three. So by seven. Here's my pick. I'm going to take the 49ers. Okay. So Can you explain to us why? I'm going to take the 49ers in the hope that all of my picks have been wrong so far this playoff. Hopefully this one is too. I don't want to see the 49ers tie the Steelers with six rings. I've already got to deal with Patriots fans in my ear about that. I'm tired of it. Um, give me give me the Chiefs. Well, give me the 49ers as my pick to win. Okay. Solely on the fact that I hope they lose because I picked them. I agree. That's And that's my thought process. Do I think – I hate to say it because I think they are going to win, but I'm hoping because I picked them, they lose. <laughs> yeah, you have some bad juju when it comes to the game. I, exactly. That's, yeah. mm, and I hope it's right because uh, I want the Chiefs to win. I do too. But Dude, I, I really do appreciate you guys for listening. The, uh, the listens were down. The listeners were down this week. Hopefully this one will ignite something. We try to hit on a little bit more than just sports. We try to hit on docuseries and stuff like that. We really do greatly appreciate it. I'm going to let Troy close this out, okay? Alrighty, guys. Thank you for another great episode. Um, you know, even without the listeners, it's just good for me and you to sit here and talk and have a drink and really get what's what's in our mind about sports off our chest. So, I agree. Thank Let's you guys it up. for giving us that opportunity. Two claps to Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Y'all have a great week.